It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Thursday. Sun's out, uh, at least for a while anyway. Uh, things could get a little bit dicier as we go. But we're just not going to talk about that a whole lot right now. Let's Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's go to the State Fair <laughs> and talk to Susan and Dave. Maybe things are, it's got to be a beautiful day down there at the State Fair today. It is an absolutely gorgeous day, and it's being described as probably one of the best days we're going to see weather-wise. I did not put a sweatshirt on today, so you know it's going to be a good day at the State Fair. Well, that, that's that's good. That's a, <laughs> Typically, that's not an issue, but uh, you Minnesota no. people, you know, that's how that works. So whatever. I know. That's yeah. exactly how it works. I'll throw in before the sports go Gophers. We're playing tonight, uh, but we'll talk about what's happening right now. Dave's going to step in. Tell us a little bit about 1213. Hey, everyone. Well, I look forward to seeing you down here at the Nebraska State Fair. We are in the Expo Building, as you know. We're taking registrations, of course, for our pickup. But coming up today at 1213, we'll be hearing from Bill Schlachter. Bill is the Expo Building Supervisor, and uh, he'll be sharing more with us at that time. And then stepping in at 1219, it's our continued Anglo journey. We're going to hear from Amber Clausen. She's with AB Chickens. We'll find out what her adventure has been all about. At 1245, a very passionate conversation with dave warner he's not only a cattle producer but he raises corn as well they spent some time working in the beef pit and while they were working in the beef pit they talked about what we've all seen the weather from march and how it's been frustrating not only from a cattle perspective but a corn perspective as well and then it's part two with kathleen lodel a weekend of 150 year celebration here at the nebraska state fair so you know it's going to be fun it's going to be a busy weekend starting out Okay, very good. Well, uh, and make sure you tell Dave that we have not at all messed with his desk while he was gone, so not to worry about it at all. I think he got a few toys to put on it when he gets back, some zen things. Okay, we need it. Okay. We need it. Thank you so much. Let's turn it over to Jason, our zen master here at KRVN, and uh, what's going on today? Well, Susan mentioned it. College football season begins tonight. Her Minnesota Gophers are at home against the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. We'll talk about that matchup coming up in sports. That's not the only game. There's actually quite a few tonight. Top-ranked Clemson will battle Georgia Tech, 14th-ranked Utah. They take on BYU and Northern Colorado. They play on the road against San Jose State. So if you've been hungering Mm -hmm. for college football, uh, tonight it gets started. It's about time. And And you can't walk anywhere and not... You know, have someone ask you about the Huskers. You so. can't. That's a nice. That's a nice problem. It is to have for a change. Also, we tell you about uh, Eustace's own uh, Kevin Hefley. First trip story. to the Parapan Games. He won a gold medal yesterday in the 100 meter dash. Great story there. He's, he talking about t- taking a negative in uh. your life and turning it into a positive. He certainly has done that. If you didn't get a chance to see his race, we have video of that. You can find that on the River Facebook page. He's, he's hauling. Oh, he's, he's moving to that thing. That's for sure. All right. Thanks a lot, Jason. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. What's going on in stocks today, man? New trade hopes and U.S. stocks higher. Investors hoping that new talks set for September can result in progress in resolving that, uh, that trade dispute. And also, the Commerce Department reporting... The gross domestic product has uh, just slowed just a little bit. No, actually, it advanced at a small amount in the April through June quarter. Long-term mortgage rates have ticked up slightly this week, and fewer Americans signed contract to, contracts to buy homes in July. Those stories and more coming up. 
All right. All that's coming up on Midday. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the farm area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, waters over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880-KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. We've got Paul Perkins in studio today on uh, just really pretty gorgeous day. Yes, uh, it is a bit more on the humid side yeah. out there today. You can tell it definitely different than what we saw yesterday morning when we had many of us in the upper 40s to low 50s for our temperatures. Yeah. This morning we started off with many of us in the 60s but you can feel that humidity those dew points right now into the upper 60s to low 70s that probably leading to the chance of some heavy rain as we move towards the day later on today but those uh, temperatures right now pretty normal for this time of year upper 70s to low 80s maybe a bit above average for this time of year some temperatures in the upper 60s to low 70s though as you head towards the nebraska panhandle and also into north central nebraska unfortunately we're looking for a change aren't we yes uh potential of some heavy rain it looks like that heavy rain potential for tomorrow a little bit farther south than what we were anticipating yesterday but later on today that potential for some heavy rain over southern nebraska into northern kansas slightly warmer for today on the weather more humid just ahead of a cold front that continues to drop to the south it is, of course, dropping those temperatures already to the upper 60s to low 70s in northwest and north central Nebraska. Now, later today and tonight, with that cold front dropping through the region and arriving during the peak heating of the day, thunderstorms will develop in the west and track to the east along and on the north side of this cold front. Plenty of moisture available, so heavy rain will be possible across southern Nebraska when the front does stall out. Some of the storms could be severe, especially if you're along and south of I-80 into northern Kansas. Once again, along and south of I-80 into northern Kansas. That's where the Storm Prediction Center does place a slight risk of severe storms. You can see that map on our KRVN Facebook page. There will be a break from the storms for much of the day tomorrow before another round by late in the afternoon and tomorrow evening. The higher chance of heavy rain tomorrow night over northern Kansas with that front a little bit farther to the south. Locations north of a line from Lexington to Fullerton forecast to receive about a half an inch to an inch of rain with larger amounts to the southeast. Rain totals in the Tri-Cities should be around an inch and a half total with this system. Locations in northern Kansas and southeast Nebraska likely to receive more than two inches of rain, possibly three inches for some in Kansas. Now for Grand Island to achieve the wettest month ever on record, they need another two and a half inches of rain between now and Saturday. Probably going to fall short of that and probably something that they're not too worried about. <laughs> I think they're going to be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. The last of the rain expected to wrap up by Saturday morning. Tomorrow and Saturday, the coolest days before it does turn warmer and drier with the ridge of high pressure building in by Sunday and early next week. 
We will see another shot of cooler air and the possibility of some rain for Tuesday night into Wednesday with another cold front. In the latest long-term outlook, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are likely to be close to seasonal or near normal for Tuesday through September 11th. A better chance of some warmer air in the middle part of next week, then trending a little bit cooler later on. Near normal to above normal rainfall is predicted for Nebraska and Kansas Tuesday through the 11th. A better chance of rain in the later periods that does include the first two days of Husker Harvest Days. In today's regional drought monitor, Nebraska remains at 98% drought-free. Abnormal dryness continues to the north of Omaha around Tecama, West Point, and Pender. Kansas improved three percentage points to 78% drought-free. Abnormal dryness to a moderate drought remains over the southwest, or if you're along and west of a line from La Crosse to Coldwater, Kansas. Weather factors affecting market trade include variable temperatures for the Midwest, but no hard freeze threat, and a major hurricane headed for Florida this weekend. Significant rain the next five days should be confined to the east-central plains of the U.S. Widely scattered rain will affect the remainder of the plains as well as the Midwest and Northeast. Temperatures will rebound to above normal levels by early next week from the plains eastward. Crop development in the Midwest and Northern Plains, though, is likely to continue at a slower-than-normal pace. The Midwest temperatures will be variable the next 10 days with some cool and very cool mornings, but also some warmer days. The rainfall chances remain limited over the central and eastern Midwest. The topsoil moisture is at least one-third very short-to-short in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Illinois. Hurricane Dorian is forecast to further strengthen and could reach Florida's east coast as a major hurricane during the Labor Day weekend. Dorian could result in excessive rain in the southern Atlantic region, along with some damaging winds and a coastal storm surge. Mm. Looking like a maybe possibility of a major hurricane yeah, there. It looks like it looks like it keeps getting a little bit more power now. We had our 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 wettest August. Granddad, we'll say this wettest uh-huh. August. It was was it June or July? Maybe even May. That was one of the wettest. Too, yes, right? I, I think so. Yeah, so, uh, a little fuzzy on the details. Yeah, but right, I, I right, right. I'm throwing this at you all of a sudden. <laughs> but we've we've got to be one of the wettest summers then yeah. as you put it together ever too yeah very close to at least 1993 levels but you know there's some areas that have actually been dry you know <laughs> as far as to the north of omaha a little bit of dryness there you know in southwest kansas on the dry side right now uh if, if we can only switch some of that right. with people in grand island pass it around a little bit all right wow weird stuff well thank you paul i appreciate it. where do you go to check in on your weather krvn.com entrepreneurship journey celebrating success embracing failure and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you and i didn't realize it right away until the next opportunity came and then i realized that i was where i was supposed to be i just couldn't see it coming thanks so much for tuning in on today's angler journey we'll be traveling with amber clausen who has encountered a series of transitions since she began ab chickens her freshman year of high school so I grew that business from my 200 broilers to my senior year of college to about 1,800 broilers. And then we started custom processing on top of it. And we did roughly around 2,000 to 3,000 birds. It was a business that she ran alongside her family all throughout college, incorporating skills that she learned in the angler program. I went through a couple of camps prior to the angler program. Um, it was through 4-H, kind of applied for it. Um, went down there and learned about it and then my freshman year I took Angler 101 and that was pretty much a sealed deal after that class. 
During her business development, eventually she had to make a decision. Expand and excel AB Chickens or go get another job. During this transition, she chose the latter, but her job required her to travel frequently. So then I landed into a different opportunity that went right along with AB Chickens is um, the hatchery in Madison. They needed someone to take care of laying stock. So we raised the breeding stock for them. And then down the road, there was going to be an opportunity to buy it. Um, Little did I know, as much as the opportunity was there, it wasn't there. He never really committed to selling it to us. It was um, more of a conversation, and that's all it stayed. It was a conversation that left Amber feeling defeated. I failed, and I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I still remember the moment going to talk in front of all the board members and Angler program, and everyone else had these huge success stories. Everyone was excelling, and here I went and told the first story out of everyone that I failed. Um, And I think the hardest part was admitting it, and then once I admitted it and I said it out loud, it was so much easier to accept it and keep going. But her defeated experience gave her a new perspective. The biggest thing was um, the people in the program gave you a lot of support to give you different ideas or admit that it wasn't a failure, it was just a roadblock and it was on to the next thing. And I didn't realize it right away until the next opportunity came and then I realized that I was where I was supposed to be. I just couldn't see it coming. And so her most recent transition was her move away from home. Amber is now the operations manager for your producers. It's a team of three women who raise and sell mealworms to poultry producers across the state. Your producers started last October, but we took, we were in the end motion group through July and um, us three gals sat down and we, I guess, pretty much came to the terms of trying to figure out where we could find a market for these mealworms and then we worked together through that. We knew there was a market there. And from there on, we uh, started raising them. So I gutted an old fairing barn east of Lindsay. And now we have vertical towers of beetles, mealworms, um, eggs, all, I guess, growing, the vertical integration part of it. And we have current customers, and they continue to grow as soon as we get our stock built up. Amber says the next transition her and her team at Yord Producers hope to see by the end of the year is the launch of the e-commerce portion of the business. You can learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln by visiting angler.unl.edu. Thanks for joining. I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at sports, and Jason Jorgensen in here with us. Now, yesterday you sort of you said a couple guys have been uh, suspended, and we thought maybe you were going to say Maurice Washington. So I'm sure you're going to come in here today and tell us they finally decided what they're going to do with him. No, they haven't. Okay. A couple hours ago, head coach Scott Frost said Maurice Washington's status for the game will be a game-time decision. Frost said no final decision has been made. Washington was listed as a co-number one at running back on the first depth chart. That was released this week. Uh, His playing status, of course, has remained in limbo due to that ongoing court case in California. How do you translate that as game time? Are they still trying to decide the uppity-ups, trying to decide what to do with him? 
and I don't know if this mm-hmm. has to do with the inner workings of the legal system. Yeah. The, the problem is, if he pleads guilty to this case that's against him, there's a whole bunch of other problems that go along with that. He could be considered a sex offender. Right. If that's the case, then he's not even in school. Right. So mm. it's it's mm. a mess. Wow. Uh, mm. We'll see on Saturday. They don't need him on Saturday. No, they don't. But, yeah. it, I mean, I'm sure they'd like to play him and knock the rust off before they play Colorado. Now, the college football season actually starts up tonight. Minnesota begins things at home against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Head coach P.J. Fleck has decided to start redshirt sophomore Tanner Morgan at quarterback, and he breaks down why Morgan is his guy. Uh, his, he has incredible response mechanisms. I think that's what makes him very unique. Uh, that's part of the intangible category, right? Uh, he's not a big 6'5 guy. He doesn't, can't throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. But he's got these intangibles that are off the charts, and one of them is the ability to respond, and I really respect him for that in all areas. Last year, Morgan was 4-2 and two as a starter for the Gophers, leading them to a big road win at Wisconsin, and he also played well in Minnesota's bowl victory over Georgia Tech. In college football action tonight, it's Northern Colorado at San Jose State. 14th-ranked Utah takes on BYU and top-ranked Clemson. They begin the year against Georgia Tech. Kevin Hefley's first trip to the Parapan Am Games got even better yesterday. After winning a silver medal in the men's T-64 Division 200-meter dash on Sunday, he won the gold medal in the 100-meter dash. Hefley ran a personal best time of 11.45 seconds to capture gold. This was the first time the native of Eustis has represented Team USA at an international event. Well, tomorrow night, Elm Creek kicks off the football season at Overton. Now, the Buffaloes last fall had a rare losing season, winning just three times. But head coach Jace Doolin says a lot of experience is back. Really excited for the season to start. Um, we've got a lot of uh, underclassmen from last year coming back uh, with seven six, seven starters on defense, and uh, just really glad to look at the speed of our team. Uh, that's going to be a big plus this year. we got a lot of speed, a lot of skilled kids that can play. That game tomorrow night between the Eagles and the Buffaloes will kick off at 7 in Overton. We will bring it to you on our sister station, 93.1 The River. Also today is the first day of competition in high school volleyball, cross country, and boys tennis. So best of luck to all of the teams, and you have softball action tonight if it doesn't rain in Gothenburg. Good old uh, Dawson County battle between Gothenburg and Cozad. Those are always fun. Big crowds for that. It's. Uh, I hope that the rain holds off not only for tonight, but for uh, tomorrow at least to make it playable but for football all across the state. So we'll see. And hopefully no lightning or thunder in the greater Lincoln area on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, man. No kidding. That yeah. would be awful. That's Check of Sports. For more, find it anytime at KORVN.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Thanks, Jason. Authorities in southwestern Nebraska say a married couple was killed when their car was hit by a train at a railroad crossing east of McCook. 88-year-old Clemens Kogel and his wife, 86-year-old Rosemarie Kogel, both of Culberston, died when the car she was driving failed to stop for the eastbound BNSF freight train Tuesday afternoon. Red Willow County Sheriff's officials say the crash happened about four miles east of McCook on a county road as the two were heading home from a visit to a farm store. Officials say both were pronounced dead at the scene. When administrators at Medicine Valley Public Schools at Curtis learned of an online social media threat against students and staff members Tuesday morning, they immediately initiated a school lock-in procedure and summoned law enforcement. Superintendent Alan Gary said class sessions were conducted as normal as possible and a similar lock-in procedure were in place Wednesday. 
Gary admits that it's an issue schools don't typically deal with this early in the school year. It's very early in the school year for us to have this issue uh, presented, um, but my staff performed admirably, and i got to say it was a impressive uh, coordinated effort with law enforcement. Um, really appreciated all the help from area law enforcement agencies in providing their assistance with the Frontier County um, being the lead. Parents were allowed to take their students home if they wished. Several law enforcement agencies are investigating the source of the threat. 54 people are facing federal charges after law enforcement officials in Kansas announced indictments in an alleged drug trafficking ring. The Manhattan Mercury reports that local and federal law enforcement officials announced the indictments Wednesday. They say the ring was based in Manhattan with suppliers in Chicago. Authorities say the rink was responsible for distributing heroin, fentanyl, ecstasy, methamphetamine, hydrocodone, cocaine, and marijuana in the Manhattan area. Blueprint Nebraska Executive Director Jim Smith was one of three speakers at Wednesday morning's legislative forum held at the Nielsen Center in West Point. Smith says the goal of Blueprint Nebraska is to get the state up to par with others when it comes to economic growth. Well, Blueprint Nebraska is a statewide economic initiative, and what we're wanting to do is build a rallying point for all of Nebraska businesses, all of Nebraskans, to move our state forward, to be competitive with our peer states, uh, to view economic uh, prosperity and growth for the next 10 years. And so the ultimate target goal of Blueprint Nebraska is to see that prosperity in every corner of our state. Senator Ben Hansen also spoke, as did Nebraska Chamber of Commerce and Industry President Brian Sloan. Officials say a 13-year-old Western Michigan boy who collapsed during football practice has died. The boy, identified as a Sarnik Community School 7th grader Skylar Lasby, collapsed Wednesday during a non-contact drill and was flown to a hospital. A cause of death was not immediately available. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. One of the best t-shirts I've seen so far at the Nebraska State Fair says, Where's the corn? It's in the beef. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I'm going to try to find myself one of those t-shirts to have. But I caught up with Dave Warner. He's from the Albion area, and he's on the Nebraska Corn Growers as a state director. Well, we might try to get you one of these then. Our involvement within uh, with the Cattlemen's, you know, every year we work the beef pit one day and you know it's it just strengthens our relationship with the cattlemen's and you know they they are very good supporters of ag you know especially on the corn side so we're very gracious to do it the intertwining of agriculture within the state of nebraska i think is becoming more and more relevant to the consumer as they get better educated about the role that it has not only economically but the role that it has for so many families yeah you know uh the economic impact of agriculture is huge in Nebraska. I, I think you see that with everything that we do, you know, not just in the corn, but, you know, soybeans, cattle, everything. So, you know, somebody who's uh, urban, urbanite that comes out into the country and kind of doesn't understand what agriculture is about gets a real fast view of what we do and how it impacts the, the state of Nebraska. For you guys, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year for cattle producers. It's been a tough year for those that raise the grain. What's the optimism as you kind of hung out in the beef pit with fellow producers? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to be grim about this, but, you know, the, 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 pat, the fat cattle deal has kind of been a real 
kick in the pants, you know, in the last two weeks. You know, with the plant burning down in Holcomb, Kansas, kind of gave the Packers a little bit of, uh, how, how would I say it? It gave them a little bit of push to really benefit their side of the business and really take a toll on the beef producer itself, and it, it's really hurt. It's really hurt a lot of people. It doesn't just hurt the fat cattle guy. It's hurting the, it, the feeder guy. It's hurting the cow-calf guy. You know, it's going to have an impact on everybody throughout the year. You know, it's I, to me, it's not right. You know, somebody needs to step in and, and make that happen. And, you know, it, it needs to be done now. So I'm excited to tell you that the Ag Secretary came out and said they're going to investigate. Well, that's good. He needs to do that. He needs to be on top of that because, you know, they're making a lot of money on the Packer side and uh, the beef guy is losing, you know, two to $300 a head. It's a topic of discussion. And the fact that you guys so many have lost genetics in the March weather and you guys as, as corn producers lost crops or crops that you're hoping will be ready to go come harvest. And harvest isn't going to be around Husker Harvest Days this year. Oh, no. You know, this impacted me personally, you know, all the way back to the, the flood and the blizzard that happened in March. You know, we lost a bunch of cattle on our own farm, you know, with the ranch out west and uh, just pulled right into it's never stopped basically for us all the way till now. I mean, we got a good window to plant our crops and we actually right around the Albion area, Boone County, looks pretty good. But, you know, we aren't getting favorable heat units. We're not getting favorable weather. The sun needs to shine all the time. You know, it's it's stressful right now for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a row crop farmer or if you're a cattleman. You know, it's very, very stressful times. And, you know, I, I just got to say, you know, President Trump needs to step up. He has got to get this UMCA deal signed so we have trade on the corn side, you know, with Mexico and Canada doesn't matter on the cattle side. We have got to get things on that side, too, so a guy can make money. You, you cannot be in this business very long without making money and survive. One of the best statements I heard so far here at the Nebraska State Fair was, you know, everybody talks about being Nebraska strong, and they said, you want to see Nebraska strong, look at agriculture, because you guys, it's one step in front of the other, and you just keep moving forward, even though it's been difficult. <laughs> I don't know anybody who gets their ass kicked more is the ag producer on one side or the other, whether it's cattle or row crop, and just keep coming back. You know, everybody fights to do what they love to do. And, and trust me, Susan, anybody who is in the ag industry loves what they do. They wouldn't do it if they weren't loving their business. Everybody gets up every morning. It isn't maybe the best morning to get up. It might be blizzarding out. You know, it might be raining and we need to harvest. But they get up, they do their job, and to some of them, it's not a job. It's a passion. You know, people just need to see what happens out here because it, it, is, it is a great industry to be in. And, you know, I, I feel very strongly about it. And again, it goes right back to your shirt again. Where's the corn? It's in the beef. That's right. It is. Those comments coming from Dave Warner, who is not only a row crop producer, but a cattle producer as well, as he talked to me about the struggles they've seen this growing season. We'll continue to see as harvest nears, and also the camaraderie that happens between the row crop and the livestock producers. I mean, his shirt said it, 
Where's the corn? It's in the beef. What a better way to educate those who came through the beef pit yesterday. And it's pretty cool if you get the chance here at the Nebraska State Fair to swing by the beef pit. You're going to see a variety of different agricultural organizations in there working hard, serving up a great meal with so many ties back to Nebraska. State Fair does continue. 4-HFFA Livestock are moving in today. I'm Susan Littlefield, Liberal Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at business and see what's going on uh, around the world as well as right here in the United States. We first begin our check with the world markets. The Japanese Nikkei was down in the overnight 18 uh, points. The Hong Kong Hang, Hang Sang was up 91. The FTSE in London, despite all of the suspension of Parliament and all of the worries going on there, Still up 70, and the German DAX index up uh, 137, which is pretty high for them. Here in the United States, green across the board, 359 points up for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the NASDAQ up 128, and the S&P is up 40. Bob Brogan in here with more. Stocks are climbing on Wall Street, as uh, Scott mentioned. Investors are hoping that new trade talks set for September can result in progress in resolving the U.S.-China trade dispute. Tech companies accounted for a big slice of the gains at midday, along with financial and communications services stocks. Retailers were also doing well. Discount store chain Dollar General led the way after reporting quarterly results that topped Wall Street's forecasts. In another sign that investors were feeling more optimistic, demand for U.S. government bonds showed signs of waning after surging in recent weeks amid recession worries. Bond prices fell and the yield on the 10-year Treasury rose to 1.52%. The Commerce Department reports the gross domestic product, the country's broadest measure of economic health, advanced at a moderate 2% annual rate in the April-June quarter. Now that's down from a 3.1% gain in the first quarter. The new estimate is lower than the government's initial estimate a month ago of 2.1% annual growth. Long-term mortgage rates have uh, ticked up slightly this week, yet they remain near historic lows. Mortgage buyer Freddie Mac says the average rate on the 30-year loan rose to 3.58% from 3.55% last week. Meanwhile, fewer Americans signed contracts to buy homes in July, signaling that the housing market has yet to enjoy a strong bounce from lower mortgage rates. A federal grand jury has indicted a former Amazon software engineer on two counts related to a hack into Capital One Bank and more than 30 different companies. Paige Thompson was charged today, uh, was charged yesterday actually, with wire fraud and computer fraud and abuse. She's scheduled to be arraigned on September 5th. In addition to Capital One, the indictment identifies three other entities that were targets. They include a state agency and a public research university outside Washington State and a telecommunications conglomerate located outside the U.S. Those are some of the stories making news headlines in the business world today. All right. Thank you, Bob. Big gainer right now on Wall Street. Dollar General up 10%. Losers right now. Include Best Buy down nearly 9%. That's a look at our stocks.
When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, waters over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880 KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. For the Rural Radio Network, I am Shaylee Peters, joining you once again from the Nebraska State Fair. And yesterday, we had a chance to catch up with Kathleen Lodel. She is the Associate Dean for Nebraska Extension. And Kathleen, yesterday, we did kind of a part one talking about the partnership between the and some of the history between the Nebraska State Fair and the university of course both celebrating 150 years this year and so as we talked about that partnership yesterday some of the history today we're going to do a part two and go into the celebration around it this weekend is going to be an absolute blast for folks that are coming out to enjoy the fair and specifically folks that are looking to celebrate 150 years of both the state fair and the university. It will be one of the best weekends ever, <laughs> ever at your Nebraska state fair. If you're not planning on coming, scrap your other plans and get here. Um, we have lots of things going on for the first time since it's here in Grand Island. Your University of Nebraska marching band will be at the Nebraska state fair on Sunday, the day before Labor Day. 300 members strong with another 50 of the the cheer squad. Uh, We'll have Little Red here. We're having everybody in a big celebration. They'll be doing performances in the parade at 1.30. We'll move right then to a Husker pep rally. And at that, not only will we be hearing the band, doing lots of cool things, uh, young people have a chance to meet band members and see what their university has to offer them. We will also be honoring those families who actually had land from the original Land Grant Act. Shaylee, that is going to be so cool. We've been doing that across the state at county fairs. And now those people are invited back to the state fair, so we'll be able to celebrate them without them. This would not be happening. So that's very cool. There's ice cream socials. There's cake. There's great things happening um, this Labor Day weekend at the state fair, celebrating both of those 150ths. All right. Anything additionally, Kathleen, thank you so much for your perspective on uh, this kind of monumental year, as you mentioned. Uh, Anything additionally, as we roll into a very busy weekend, a very exciting weekend, and a very fun state fair this year? I would just encourage people who come to the fair to be thinking certainly about the past and what that's meant and the relationships and all of the amazing things that have happened with the state fair, with the university and in our state, but also to the future. What does this look like and what kinds of things are we doing now that are going to plant the seeds and be the catalyst for that trajectory ahead? So when two people like you and I, not us of course, Uh are sitting and having the same kind of conversation 25 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 150 we can be just as proud of what we've done and the kinds of contributions we're making to the livelihood of Nebraska. 
And before we let you go just yet, Kathleen, I did want to go back to the partnerships just a little bit because one thing I forgot to mention or wanted to ask you about, everybody has a state fair, but not everybody has a Raising Nebraska. Just touch on the uniqueness of that. You know, Shaylee, I've always said we're so fortunate in Nebraska to have partners that all work together. And we sit around the table and decide, how's this going to happen and what's this going to look like? So that uniqueness is really the part of industry reps, uh, education reps, researchers, and the community coming together to create Raising Nebraska to what it is and, and be able to have educational programs year-round. So we'll have commodity groups from other countries come use the Raising Nebraska space to learn about our commodities and to learn what we do in agriculture. By the same token, we'll have industry groups come try out things in our space. And we'll have the researchers there all in one space, all about the same mission of helping agriculture flourish, helping feed the world, and helping being an economic driver for Nebraska. From the Nebraska State Fair for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Shaylee Peters. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, and we still have this roller coaster ride in the grain futures, except wheat, which was down again today. We're going to talk about this with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter, This Week in Grain. What's your assessment on corn today? Well, you know, <laughs> kind of like yesterday, we made these sharp moves. It, 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 it breaks, fills orders, and then and comes right back to 370. So uh, I think I'd like to think that this giant package combined with Japan trade deals would be bullish for corn, but I think at this point in time, there's just, so much fluctuation in supply given the amount of, of uh, bushels that we have on hand um, that there's just going to be difficult to follow through. So I, I advise everybody out there, use limit orders. Use Whether you're selling futures or selling cash at the elevator, have an order out there that can get hit on a move like this this morning. Because if, if you were sleeping or busy between about 8.30 and, 8, and 9 o'clock, you missed the move. So if you weren't around to, sit, to watch a rally and then sell a high, uh, you would find yourself essentially back down to where we opened the day and really opened the week. So 370 right around par. September showing a little bit of weakness into the into the delivery, which is expected here. Um, but I think, you know, 385 to 390 would be uh, an ideal price target for me in the short term. I'd like to be more bullish than that. I certainly uh, welcome the president's rhetoric, but I, I really question about how much is going to get bought here because unless you're exporting ethanol, there really isn't a whole lot that's going to get get demand going because gasoline prices are somewhat low relative to when ethanol was introduced. Um, you have a substantial amount of supply of ethanol in hand, so to get these guys to start grinding again and buying up for it, you need the price to rally. And to get that to happen, really the only only thing I can see is, is some sort of export program, but that doesn't really exist. I, I don't see where they would send it. All right. What uh, was your reaction to seeing soybean meal close lower but soybeans higher? Not a good sign for soybeans that uh, meal's leading it lower. But I, again, I think the end of the month here, you're seeing a lot of kind of push and push trade around. And uh, again, I think 370 is a level we're going to see for the next couple of weeks. Uh, you might get a jump up to that 380, but I, I would be pricing grain at that point. I, I just don't. I'm not a believer in it. I'd like to think that the USDA can come to our come to our savior here and then drop acreage. I don't think they're going to bring yield down that much, especially as they've kind of gone sideways on the crop progress numbers. So uh, for both soybeans and corn, I think, you know, you get a chance to move it at $9. I think you got to take that opportunity and and then, you know, call 380 corn. I don't think we're going to see much more than that, in my opinion. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Always check out their website as well for more information, danielsagmarketing.com. 
Dewey Nelson reporting on the Rural Radio Network. That'll do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com.